A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Rivals, people competing with another for the same objective or superiority in the same field of activity. Fantastic rivalry, it was intense, a lot of passion showed in it. I think the game that both teams look forward to every season. When you're the number one side in the world, everyone's going to play their best game against you. It's one thing being the hunter, but when you're the hunted, you're there to be shot at. Both chasing the same goals and dreams. I remember feeling really sorry for him. I knew I was going to beat him. I think there was needle between the teams, but just through wanting to beat each other so badly. You know, there was a mutual respect. Each fighting against the other. I thought, wow, that looks like a broken man. I thought, wow, is it really that serious? When you're suffering and someone's better than you on the day and you're doing everything you possibly can to hold on to, to them and not let that gap get any bigger than a metre and you're praying for the end to come or you're praying for the next corner so you can rest a little bit. They're the hardest days. In this series, we bring together famous sporting rivals to hear a shared story from both sides. The triumph, the tragedies, the victories, the near misses, the laughter and the sorrow. This is reunited on TalkSport. For years, the drama and beauty of football has been captured by photographers from around the world. Close your eyes and you can see some of those famous images. Bobby Moore raised on the shoulders of his teammates with the Jules Ramey trophy gleaming. Or Diego Maradona, arm aloft towering above Peter Shilton. But perhaps the most famous football photo of all features not a gold celebration or a trophy being lifted, but an infamous moment from a dull nil-nil draw in the old First Division on a cold February afternoon in 1988. This is the story behind that iconic photo. This is Reunited. Vinnie Jones and Paul Gascoigne on TalkSport. For Paul Gascoigne, there was only ever one dream, to be a professional footballer. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, obviously, when I was three, I used to kick a little tennis ball about. And then, obviously, when I, when I come seven, my dad, obviously, I think made enough money to raise my first leather football. And it, it never left me foot. I said, like, dribble at the school, dribble back and just play in the street all the time, you know. Yeah, from then, I mean, because where I used to live in Gator, we could hear the Gallagher end. And then we used to live about eight miles or something from the stadium. And you could still hear the Gallagher then. And then I had the opportunity of being ball boy once at Newcastle. And just, I think it was Chris Waddle seen. Um, he beat a few players and crossed it and the scored. And the atmosphere was unbelievable. And I thought, yeah, definitely want to be a footballer in him. Vinnie Jones had similar ambitions. 
it was all all I ever thought about. You know, I can remember getting my first football, I think probably the 1970 World Cup football, the black and white ones. That was me, one of my first memories of a football and went from there, really, yeah. And I just think through life, you know, turmoils of life took me on different paths. You know, my path was always to be a footballer. But the path to being a professional footballer is not an easy one. Paul Gascoigne. I went to Ipswich when I was 12, and then there was a Middlesbrough was 14, and then Newcastle not in the door, and I wanted to obviously play for Newcastle. So I knew at 16, it wasn't the fact that I am playing football, it was the fact that I was on £25 a week. And that was all my excitement. But uh, yeah, when I left, obviously, and then obviously went to Newcastle, it was like a two-year, you get like a two-year apprentice, um, so you're 16 and 18, you get two years to like prove yourself, and then it was just over 16 and a half, and I made me a uh, debut. Vinnie Jones. My main goal at 12 years old, going on to Watford's books, which was the earliest possible thing, you know, and you go and meet the manager of Watford and you get up. Because previously, a couple of years previously, this this lad, had, they get you up in assembly, you know, in front of all the kids and say, professional club has to ask you uh, your school for the permission, obviously. And I can always remember two or three years before me, this lad got up, Martin Ashby, his name, I still remember his name, funny enough, he never made it. They said he'd just signed for Watford and all that, and I thought, what an honour, you know. That's where I wanted to be, and then... You know, that came around. And then I just think the turmoils of the divorce with me mum and dad led me up, you know, a different avenue of life for a while, you know. That different avenue would involve amateur football, hod carrying on building sites, a nomadic life of sleeping on mate's sofas, and then a spell in Swedish football. Sweden came about because I was working on the building and I hated it. You know, make no bones about it. I mean, it's hard work. Them boys work hard, you know. Early mornings, you know, you go to work in the dark, you come home in the dark, it's freezing cold in the winter. I think it was like 85, 84, 85. And I'd, I'd heard of these two lads that were coming back from Sweden to the Willstone team. And it so happened that it was Dave Bassett that arranged that. And I met Dave Bassett when I was under 10s, playing under 10s football. Our manager was a mate of us. So I went round and knocked on his door and said... Uh, do you think you could get me out to Sweden? And he was like, no chance. <laughs> so my reputation got to his house before me because I was a bit of a wild lad then. And then after that, I gave him my word and basically got on my knees and he gave me the chance. So he, he, he said, all right. So I went out there for a year and then, and I'd done really well. I won player of the year and we got promotion. Meanwhile, after signing for Newcastle, Paul Gascoigne's career soon took off. It's so funny because you're like, I would like to say just be over 16 off years of age and I'm playing against Man United at home. So I'm like paying five pence on the bus for the fans. I don't know I'm playing. And walking up and then going into the dressing room and playing and then getting back on the bus. Now I think it was the second game or something. And I'm getting the bus back and the kids looked there as he went, Are you just played that match today? I went, Yeah. It's a really played crap sort of thing. And uh, I played better next week, but I did get man in the match, so that was all right, you know. For Vinnie Jones, after a spell in the lower leagues in Sweden, the big time was also on the horizon. And I was coming home for a couple of weeks from Sweden, up the north I was in Umeå, and I was coming home and Malmo had contacted the club and wanted me to have talks with them. So I'd gone from a third division team, winning player of the year, to now it's on the almighty Malmo FC, wanted to talk to me. And then Dave Bassett, through Roy Hodgson, had told Bassett about this. And Bassett said, don't sign nothing. He called me up, don't sign nothing get home and come and have a month's trial with us. So that's really what I did. And I, 
you know, I, had, I was two weeks into the trial. They had one suspension, one injury. Two weeks into the trial, he called me up into the office and he said, I'm going to give you an 18-month contract, 150 quid a week. Now bugger off. And any questions? I went, yeah, I said uh, something. He went, no, get out. So that was that. And I ended up in the team, in the squad that week weekend to go to Nottingham Forest. And on the itinerary was um, track suits up there, suits to the game. I never had a suit. So I had to go back to him and borrow the money to go and buy a suit. He might not have had a suit, but Vinnie Jones was now a Wimbledon player in the old first division and facing a Nottingham Forest team laden with quality players. Well, Cluffy was the manager and Franz Carr on the right wing and who was lightning, you know, if you blinked, he was gone. And Neil Webb became England captain. I was marking him. That was my first ever professional game. £150 a week. Away you go. You had a stinker, gave a penalty away. I remember Neil Webb peeling off the far post and I sort of lost him in the box. Franz Carr going down the wing at 198 mile an hour. I've gone in the box and I, I remember looking and Neil Webb weren't there because it's total different football, you know? I mean, it's different, light years. And I'd gone like that and he'd gone and I looked behind me and the next minute I saw the cross and I just, I knew he was going to score. It was coming over my head, so I just punched it. And as I punched it, I put my hands on my head and all the lads went, what are you doing? And then we lost the game 3-2. And on the way back, they used to drop Derek French off in our, on the estate into the pub and the players used to come in, have a pint, back on the coach and back to Wimbledon. So I'll never forget, we, we pulled back up. So now me and the physio, I get so all the boys are having a drink and all that and a couple of Dave Bassett's mates, like so-called director sort of things, but they're Bassett's mates. And I always remember Joe McGelliot. And I remember looking at the end of the bar going, Harry, about Dave Bassett. What was you thinking playing a hod carrier against the... Future England captain. So anyway, oh, I felt, you know, that was it. It was all over. It, it had all happened, so I just, it was all over. And I spoke to Dave Bassett, actually about a month ago. Laurie Sanchez was suspended and Steve Gallias, a lad, was injured. And if Steve Gallias would have come back fit that week, I wasn't, I was done. You know, I was in the reserves and I'd have rotted away and that was that. But he was still not match fit for the Man United at home game. Then, on top of four consecutive defeats, came Manchester United. Wimbledon won 1-0. The scorer, Vinnie Jones. A month earlier, he'd been playing non-league football for Wheelston and having trials with Wimbledon in training. So I scored a goal. We win 1-0. We're going off the pitch. I run upstairs in my kit, just finished the game off, because now my adrenaline's going. I mean, I could have, you know, I could have put the rock above my head, you know. Dwayne Johnson, no problem. I was absolutely full of testosterone. I ran up to the boardroom in my kit and my thing, and I went straight up to Joe McGelliot, and I went, I bet you're glad I'm not a f***ing odd carrier now, aren't you, son? In Newcastle, a young Paul Gascoigne was beginning to make headlines, but Gaza's father was keen to keep his son grounded, even if his methods were somewhat old school. Well, yeah, I always remember Dad says, listen, um, he said... Um, when you make it, um, never change. Remember where you come from, you know. And I always say, yeah, okay, then no problem, Dad. And I think it was I got man of match against Man United. I think it was I was over sixteen and a half. I went out in Newcastle with nightclub, and there's a queue, and I went in the front of the queue, and he went, "There's a back. Can you wait at the back of the queue?" And I went, "Do you know who I am? I play for Newcastle United." He was a black eye, the bouncer. So I went back to my dad's, and he went, "All right, how we, how we get a black eye?" 
I went, well, I went in front of the queue and treated him how I am. My dad did more than that. Oof. Yeah, I think he smashed my nose and gave us another black eye. He said, I told you never to change. So since I was that age, 16 and a half, um, I've never turned down an autograph or a, photo, or a photograph, you know. Never, because he always says, one day you might need these guys, you know, which is spot on. Yeah, I remember, where's it goes? It was like, uh, first game, I got man to match. Man, you know, and I played, I think it was Liverpool, and I got 10 out of 10 man to match again, and I think it was sports, Spurs. I got a couple of goals. And it nearly falls, and there is number one, and it's Paul Gascoigne, the scorer. Well, you had the feeling it had to come. Gascoigne's finishing was clinical. And man the match. And I went home, and I said, Dad, when are you going to come watch this play? I just got three man the matches. And you haven't made it yet, son. He says, come back to us when you made it. And then after, after every game, I used to go to the workmen's club, wait, have a certain seat watching TV, master the day to see how, how I played. And I'd be sitting next to him. And if I knew I'd, if I knew it was a bad pass coming up, I'd like shoot off. So I'm just going to talk to the centre. Yeah, then come back. Um, yeah, I, I just loved me football. You know? As their careers developed, both Vinnie Jones and Paul Gascoigne began to gain reputations for their style of play, and they were diametrically opposed. Vinnie Jones and his Wimbledon teammates gained a level of notoriety for being a bit physical, shall we say. Say like in wrestling, a guy goes round and he looks great and he's all oiled up and he looks the business and they throw a couple of guys and this, that and that. No one really gets hurt, there's no physical contact and I look great and you look great. Well, all your Man Uniteds and Arsenals and Tottenham's and all that were like that. All of a sudden, we'd turn up and we'd say, no, 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 we're going to do this for real now. And we are going to smash you and we are going to throw you and then my mate's going to come behind and he's going to whack you and he, then his mate and we're going to stop you. And if you think you're going to walk around the ring like this, we're going to rugby tackle you and beat the crap out of you. No, 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 they're, they're not the rules. You know, we we have the ball and we park. Real tackling, we don't want to hurt anybody and all that. That's why we were rated, you see? And centre centre halves. Alan Anson and all them. Oh, get it up, Alan Anson, bring it down on his chest. He said, oh, no, no, no. What we're going to do, we're going to kick it behind you. Now you run towards your goal. No, no, they're, they're, not, they're not the rules that we play by because no centre-half wants to chase the ball back towards his own goal with a six-foot-four lad chasing him who's a black belt in karate and a three-foot, four-foot little fellow who's a nasty little bugger <laughs> following him. You see what I mean? With a two-footed tackle. So we upset it all. Paul Gascoigne. For me, I always tell people, you know, when, just say you're playing in front of 50,000 and they give me a loads of stick, hammering you, hammering you. And I always knew in my head, well, that's okay, 50,000 and give me a stick. It only takes one guy to get 50,000 stick back. I'm going to put the ball in the back of the net. And that's how I think, you know. Um, and I used to like the football. I used to look at it as, as a diamond, not a ball, as a diamond, because like, would you give a diamond away that big? So I used to play like that, you know. I had different philosophies when I played. I always went up and played with a smile. I used to wind the lads up in the dressing room. I, used, I think it was one time at Tottenham, and I used to get my match played a bit and that. And I remember it was before the game, I went to the dressing room, and I remember I right, come on, lads, anybody want to see anything? And I went, me, gaffer. And I went, what? I said, look at lads, do us a favour. I said, I sometimes get tired after the game, and I'm sitting going up there in the lounge to collect my man and match awards. But when you try and uh, get man of the match, it gives us, it gives us a break. You used to laugh and wake them up. Yeah, I was, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I'm probably one of them enjoyed training. People like hated training, can't wait to play. I, I, I like both, you know. And I've got the train going at eight o'clock in the morning. I didn't have to be until ten. 
Paul Gascoigne was gaining a reputation as one of the most skillful players of his generation. And at the start of the 87-88 season, the Wimbledon players witnessed his talent firsthand. Vinnie Jones. I was suspended and the boys went up to Newcastle. And they come back on the Monday raving about this young lad, Paul Gascoigne, at, at Newcastle. They were like, oh, my God, all the players. And 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 you you just didn't hear that, you know? You know, you come back and say, oh, yeah, Brian Robson or whatever, this, that, now. But they come back raving about this 16, 17-year-old. I think he was 17 then, I think, maybe. Um, so I'm like, wow, you know, can't wait to see this, blah, blah, blah. Vinny would have to wait till February the following year to witness Gascoigne's skills himself. But in the return fixture at Plough Lane, the Dons, led by manager Bobby Gould and coach Don Howe, would have a plan for the precocious teenager from the northeast. Now that all the talk starts again amongst our boys, what we going to do, what we going to do? Don Howe says, we've got to go man to man. Jonesy's got to go to man to man with him. Forget about the ball, forget about the game. You know, this is in the team meeting, so all the lads knew what my job was. You follow him, this, that, and the other. Okay, fine. Gordy goes, right, on the training pitch, reserves against first team, and one of the boys, Andy Clements, Clemo, he had good feet, Andy Clements, good feet, and uh, he said, Clemo, you be Gazza, you be Paul Gascoigne. So now, <laughs> Clemo is a reserve team player. He said, go where you want, you know, go in the defence and pick it up, go here, pick it up, this, that, and the other. Now, you know, it's a, it's a Tuesday. I'm looking forward to my day off on a Wednesday. Nice and easy Thursday, five-a-side Friday, bang, I'm into it, Saturday. And Saturday. Now, Gordy's getting the ump, because Clemo's got the ball, and he's pinging it, and he's getting it short, and he's now knocking it. I said, like, Clemo, I swear to God, I'm going to beat the out of you after. And he, now it's a big giggle, and the lads are, hey, yay, and all this, right? Stop, stop, Gordy's come on the pitch. Just that now I've told him the at the fan. And I went, you know, I'm better than just running around after somebody gets... Get him to do it then. And I've walked off the training pitch, gone in, showered, in me calm, pissed off. Good night, nurse. Don rings me. Now, Don, how me and Wisey had a lot of respect for. Don was England man, you know. He was very highly sought of, and, and I really respected him with the utmost respect. Got a phone call from him. Jonesy, blah, blah, blah. Remember Gentile, the Italian, World Cup, this, that, and the other. And he explained it to me. While Vinnie Jones was fully prepared for his role, it's fair to say Paul Gascoigne's brief was a little less detailed. We're playing against away to Wimbledon anyway, and I'm thinking, well, that's all right, Wimbledon should be that good. it should be a doddle for me. And I was only with six, six and off or something, and the man's in the dressing room, and he says, Glenn, we'll look at you, be careful, you're against John Fash, you know, he's tough, uses arms a lot. And says, Peter, be to be careful. Um, the, the defender was called Gale, I think. And he just looked at me and just, this is all the words he said. He went, he does that, good luck. That was it. And I'm like, what do you mean, good luck? He said, well, I don't know about this guy. All I know is, like, you're going to be more, he's a tough guy. So I'm like, oof, who is this guy like, you know? And, like, go in the tunnel. Imagine this, you go in the tunnel. You go in the tunnel and you just see this guy standing here. And I just looked at him and I went, it's got to be him. So, oh, my God. So, you know, I just gave it, looked at him and went, hi, Benny. And he went, hi. And he went, it's just mean you to dear fat boy. I went, oh no, I'm in for it, yeah. So it was like, you know, when you get them nerves and just want to go back and dress them, say, God, I don't really feel too well, dear. The game itself on a cold February afternoon would be a lacklustre nil-nil draw. But one incident would be captured by a photographer's lens to become one of the most famous sporting pictures of all time. 
So as we prepare to reunite Paul Gascoigne and Vinnie Jones, is Gaza still a little wary about his former rival? People just talk about the hard Vinnie Jones. And, people, and if they actually look how, how well he could play, he was, he was box to box. You know, it's like, just if you're in a, if you're in a trench, he won't get you one with you, you know. I'm only saying that because he turned up in about five minutes, so I didn't see anything different. <laughs> Still to come on Reunited on Talk Sport. Yeah, it was straight on the button, and then I just grabbed it and I didn't let go. It was a proper squeal, like, you know. Um, it did well grabbing them first time, though. <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Reunited on TalkSport and on today's episode we're bringing back together Paul Gascoigne and Vinnie Jones the subjects of one of the most famous sporting photographs of all time The scene was Plough Lane the old ground of Vinnie Jones' Wimbledon and the visitors were Newcastle Paul Gascoigne's hometown team Vinnie takes up the story Got to the game at Wimbledon. Everything's fine, having the crack with the lads, this, that and the other, and it's all going off out on the pitch. Gaz has gone out there early and there's a frenzy. 
and there's and some of our lads are out there. And I used to go out late. I didn't want a great big warm-up. Our lads are going out and they're going, there's girls running on the... This isn't a warm-up, you know, half an hour before the game. Running on with bouquets of flowers and roses and chocolates and everything else. And something snapped in me. And I thought, I could be the laughing stock of this game. What if he scores four goals? What if he runs right? And something snapped in me. And it... And it... The whole... You know that feeling when you're sort of sitting there and you go... And that's what happened. So I never went out. I stretched in the dressing room. I didn't want to go out. And I'm building up now. I'm building up and building up. And I never went out. I thought, when I see him, I just want to kill him. I'm just going to... I just want to smash him. I want to get him in the, on the way out. I want to have it on the way out in the, in the tunnel on the way out, for sure, 100%. So, the, the, I always remember, when he kicked up, he comes straight up, there is. I went... You've got the ball. He says, I ain't playing today, and neither are you. And yeah, I, I remember like, that. Uh, I remember that now, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, remember. I said, you've got the ball. He went, I ain't playing football today, and neither are you. And I was like, you know one of them things we're going to... I don't, I don't want to play. It's OK. <laughs> but I always remember that. Cause what was embarrassing is, like, because the ground was small, and he says, oh, fatty, I'm going to take this to the It's right there. I said it loud, didn't Yeah, I? oh, God. And the other crowd laughing. And, like, I was that petrified. I didn't even move. I was waiting for him. And then I, I don't know if you remember, during the game, I'm thinking, to be fair, I'm thinking, God, he's, he's OK, but he's not slapped as an offer. Whatever, he's OK. He's just having a banter with us. And then you had a corner. And, oh, anyway, oh, fatty. I forgot to tell you, I'm going to take the corner just well as I went. It's OK, I'm not going anywhere. But I always think, and I'm, when, you're watching it, when you're playing a game and you're tired, and you ask the referee how long should go, and you say, oh, two minutes left. I asked the referee after two minutes how long should go. <laughs> Gaza was also a tad perturbed by some of the other Wimbledon tactics on display that afternoon. What was the other one you used to say? I said, well, anyone says that, I get nervous. In the mixer. Put it in the mixer. I was like, why are you good for you that? You put it in the mixer, because I knew, like, me and Fash would be there, so you put the ball in there, and then <laughs> whoever had the nuts would come in to try and edit, and they knew me and Fash was coming in, so we'd give it the shout to Dave Besson, put it in the mixer, and the other players just go, oh, no. You could see it, yeah, like, oh, no. At first, when I heard it, I was like... I mean, put in the mix up, what does that mean? I remember a couple of, couple of hours sat in the horse, I just seen them two, just <laughs> him and Fast, clatter them. So, yeah. like, I thought, well, I know that means now then. So, whenever you show it to person, put in the mix up. He'd, like, he'd hold one up and we'd go and smash the centre off. <laughs> yeah, I'd move out the way. This is like, <laughs> like look at me, one players again. Yeah, this one's luck. for you, this son. Get ready. Ready. Good luck. Gaza might have been able to avoid the melee of the mixer, but there was no escaping Vinnie Jones. Well, first, he was, he's looking round, and, <laughs> and then you started doing false little runs, didn't you? <laughs> and he looked at me, and he goes, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> it's just me and you today, son. Uh, oh, all right, then. Uh, You're following me around, are you? So he'd, he'd do these false runs, wouldn't you? Yeah, so I tried so run got into his head straight away. And then, and then the first thing that happened was the throw-in came, and I turned around and I said, you wait there, fatty, I'll be back for you in a minute. And that's when the, the Monty Fresco, the yeah, reporter, it, really. he'd heard it, and then he said, I just put the camera on you two the whole game. When will I, will I be famous? Monty Fresco was an award-winning photographer. Initially, the idea of spending a cold February afternoon at Plough Lane had not been that appealing until he began to train his lens on the warring Vinny and Gaza. You know, it, it was just he was hustling and I was trying to get in front of him, stop him getting it to feet. Because my biggest problem was the minute he got the ball, I was in trouble. You know, now I'm chasing him and you can't get the ball off him. So what I was trying to do was in, get 
intercept the pass, get in the way and stop him being passed to. Hand on my heart, that was <laughs> that just happened that quick. Lightning, lightning bolt. I think you was on about my wages, weren't you? you yeah, was on about, no, that was, I'm on two grand a week. Yeah, so hundred quid a week. Or yeah, I'm a Jew on a week then. At that moment, Vinny remembered some tricks of the trade he had been taught as a kid, just starting out in the game. A lad called John Cornell was an electrician who lived in our village, um, and he and he taught me a couple of tricks, all, all of us. You know, one, if they get too close, grab them by their nuts. If you knock them over, pick them up by the hairs under their arms. And that is where the whole Gaza picture comes from. And then snap. Montefresco pressed the button on his camera as the two players came together. To use his own words, Vinnie Jones had grabbed Gaza by the nuts, and the resulting photo would become timeless. So I just thought, because we were close, and then I grabbed it, and it was just spot on. I mean, it weren't no friendling about him. Yeah, he, he, he had a bit of luncheon on him, the boy, to be fair. So, um, yeah, it was straight on the button, and then I just grabbed it, and I didn't let go. I was too raised, you know. And people say, yeah, you know, I really nearly lost my family allowance. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, as he's... You weren't fat either, was you? Yeah. You were pretty lean, weren't yeah. you? But as Vinny says, that, um, that picture there, but there's another six. So yeah. you imagine how long you had to say, well, I went good anyway, yeah. It was a proper squeal, like, you know. Um, it did well grabbing him first time, though. <laughs> Neither the referee nor the linesman saw the incident, and the game, which petered out into a nil-nil draw, was destined to become just a few column inches in Sunday's newspapers. Vinnie Jones. It was hidden. I thought <laughs> I thought it was hidden. It was like we was in close contact. I was just sent to get in front of him so he couldn't get the short ball. And then when I finally got in there, he, and then he, he he got in close and was whispering. So I just thought I'd grab him by the balls now. And I mean, you know, I was full of testosterone and adrenaline at the time. So where you see me, I've got hold of him and I'm growling and all that, was all for real. Now, I've not ever more, but for two, three, four, five years, people thought that was set up. They honestly did. And people said, that was set up, you're joking and all that. I said, I'd never met the fella in my life. We now finished the game. I hear that after the game, I heard that Gaza goes in, he sits in the corner, he's in tears, he's panicking, they're trying to console him, he don't want to come out. I'm now Jack and the Beanstalk, I'm I'm like a giant now because Don Owl's got me, the lads are all on me because I've stopped him, stopped him playing. Gaza might have been upset about the match, but it didn't suppress his famous sense of humour. They were squealing, actually, you know. What was, nice, what was good about Vinny's, like, when the game finished, it was like, for me, it was like, oof. When it was finished, he came come up and gives a massive hug and he said, sorry about that, he said, I had to do that to you. I went, uh, well, I said, there's other ways of donating and what you did, so after after the game, I mean, at that time, what's called scourge is sending flowers and that, and I got some roses sent in the, in the dressing room. So one of the prenders, I said, I'm coming here. I said, go and give that to Vin, he's a present here, thanks for the game. And he sends back a toilet brush, as I see the next game. <laughs> I was getting changed, you know, I'm, I'm pumping, all the lads are going, great job, great job, and all that. Next minute, the man comes <laughs> in, he goes, Gaza sent you this, Red Rose. I went, did he? All right. I said, hold on a minute. I ran out <laughs> into the bathroom, got the bog brush. I went, you give him that and say it was a great game. So he went back there yeah, and said, was a... put the bog brush back into his dressing room. Yeah, it was brilliant. I, I, was, I was so pumped up about it, and he could have destroyed us. He destroyed us up there, 
and he was going to come down and destroy us. So, you know, he had to be stopped. You know, one of the best players mm. at the time, the young, best youngest player, you know, was going to go on to be one of the best players, be a legend, everything else. So, you know, it was a case of personally, mm. I didn't want him, because you, you, he did, the way he was sort of fighting back was like with a bit of comedy and trying to like nutmeg me and stuff like that, wouldn't mm. you? And like coming in and doing the runs. And I just stayed, I just didn't want to be embarrassed, you know, and let the boys down, really. And there was one person could do that, was was Gaza, mm. you know? So I just just followed him everywhere. And, and you know, I, I think I, I grinded you down in the end. Oh, yeah, definitely. Both players headed home, not giving the match or the incident a second thought. That was until they spotted Sunday's newspapers. I was going up the pub on the Sunday morning yeah. after the game. Didn't know absolutely nothing about it. Went up to the pub, went in to get the papers, and the old boy there, he said, you've done it this time, Vinny. I go, what's that? He goes, not just the back page, he turned it out as the front page as well. But it had a big thing across the middle pages, about six different shots yeah, that way of brilliant. the picture from him, like, like shock, hurting him, and then he's sort of looking at the lines and going, are you going to do That's anything? Yeah, he's like, going ah. like this. And then uh, that was that. Well, I couldn't talk, I was squealed. I was probably the only game I've ever been pleased that I was over with. Splashed across the papers was Monte Fresco's photo of Vinnie Jones getting to grips, shall we say, with Paul Gascoigne. Some look at it and no doubt laugh. Others perhaps grimace. Some would see it as an act of thuggery. Others perhaps hark back to the days when football was a more physical, harder game. Whatever your view, no one can deny that the photo captured an extraordinary moment in football. A moment that has become iconic. Vinnie Jones. I love the photo. I had it done in oils. You've got to remember, I'm very, I'm very, very proud of the performance of what I did that day. There's definitely no weeks. There's not many days go past without that being referred to somewhere in my life, you know. Still to come on Reunited on TalkSport. There's not... A poor man, rich man in the country that has not asked for that picture to be signed. And the gun was just pointing to him at his side. No, yeah, and went off. Whew. You're listening to Reunited on Talk Sport. And in today's episode, we've brought back together former footballers Vinnie Jones and Paul Gascoigne, whose clash back in February 1988 created one of the most famous sporting photos of all time. Following on from the league match at Plough Lane, so famously captured by that photo, Newcastle and Wimbledon would meet again in the FA Cup. But this time it wasn't Vinny or Gaza at the centre of attention, but a small Brazilian called Mirandinha. Vinny Jones takes up the story. We beat them three one, which was like to me more of a shock than beating Liverpool in the final. Oh, it's a cruel bounce for Jackson. Fashion! Oh! My word, he'll take a bow here. Five minutes left. And from Besson's free kick, just look what happened. Jackson went for it, but it skipped up. He couldn't deal with it, but Fashionu could. To loop it over a despairing Kelly. 
And after the game, Mirandina come up and done a karate kick. After the final whistle, we're just about to celebrate. He's lost his head. Kung Fu kicked in the middle of the back, Dave Besson. There's just a little problem as the players leave the pitch, which might spoil their day. So we've seen it, me, Wisey, and Fast run after him. He actually ran and dived into the crowd. Despite the karate kick, Wimbledon won the FA Cup tie 3-1 and continued on a journey that would take them to the final, helped perhaps by something else Vinny and teammate Dennis Wise picked up in Newcastle. And as we got to the ground, me and Wise always last off because we're playing cards, sorting the money out. We last off and this old lady come up and she went, uh, ever, matey, ever, ever. And she had a bit of heather and tinsel. And I said, Wise, you never know. And we got these two bits of ever, and we took it right through, and and we both had our bits of ever in the Wembley final, and we took that them two bits of ever with a little bit of tin uh, tin foil on the bottom of them, took them all the way to Wembley. They was in our lapels, me and Wisey had them in our lapels at Wembley Stadium. Sanchez, Court, Young, and Fashionu in there. Sanchez was in there, and that's a goal for Wimbledon. Laurie Sanchez. But Vinnie Jones was not the only one who had a run-in with Newcastle's little Brazilian striker. Paul Gascoigne was also no fan. I had the first round with him, and I played against him. I played with him, and obviously, like, Brazilian, one of them. We were playing away in Norwich. The ball's in our half, and I went to, like, make a free kick, and he, he pushes out of the way. So what are you doing? He went, I take free kick. Yeah. He walked back about 20 yards. You think you can score from there with a free kick? I think he hit the corner flag. So we had a row about it afterwards, and I, remember, I always remember he slapped us in the face. Did he? Yeah, he was mad. He was a little mad, mad kiss him. See, that's yeah. when you should have had someone like me to mm. deal with him for you. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's what he was saying earlier. He wasn't allowed to speak to us for a while. The gaffer put a ban on him. Not long after the famous photo of Vinny grabbing Gaza was taken, Paul Gascoigne left Newcastle for Spurs. Vinnie Jones would also seek pastures new and joined Leeds United. But the impact of that day at Plough Lane in 1988, so famously caught on camera, lived on. Paul Gascoigne takes up the story. And I forgot that he signed for Leeds, right? So I'm just thinking, oh, we'll play Leeds today, it's no problem. So we get off the bus, because Tottenham was a bit of a flash club to be fair. And we get off the bus, and you've got to walk along the corridor to get in the dressing room. And Leeds have got this gym, but it's got, you can see in the gym. And when we're walking in, and I just looked at him, he's got these shorts rolled up tight. He's ribbed up the bits, right? He's muscles like that. And I'm just like, you sort of look, went, oh, sh. Pumping on, going, as he walks. I went, oh, f. You know, that's all right, guys. So, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Just, you know, just let's get, let's get the game out of the way, put it this way. But luckily enough, I already knew him by then. I think there was one thing he said it was in the game or something like that. And like, I keep on coming out and I got the ball. He must have said something about it, it made us nervous again or something. But the ball comes from one of our players, it keeps us come out. I'm like 10, 15 yards away from the goal, no one in there, easy. And I was like, still like, <laughs> shocked a bit. And I hit it about 20 yards over the bar. I was like, I can't believe I just did that. Once again, the football hard man had got one over Gaza. But was he the hardest player of the era? I mean, the hot, toughest yeah, the toughest one ever is obviously Vinny. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, regards, like, as, as like, what can I see? I mean, I obviously, uh, the hardest, well, the hardest was obviously Vinny, but, I, you know, I'm, like, you were talking about Brian Robson. And Brian Robson's in the middle, and Manchester United take the lead. I mean, it wasn't so hard, but it was just, it was a pleasure, it was a pleasure to play with him. 
I was an unbelievable player, you know, when you talk about Captain Marvel and that, it just went about his business, you know. What about abroad? Was there any any them, any dirty baggers abroad? Yeah, well, more, more than what, more than what, like, yeah, just pulling shirts to just get you down as a foul, you know? Yeah. None of yeah. that really, really happened here. Um, I don't want, want a tough guy. I, was, I wouldn't say tough, but he knew what he was doing. It was very easy, yeah, he was all right. I had a couple of scuffles with Mancini when I played against him. Um, but no, I, he was tough. I mean, he's the only player player I've ever been worried to play against. It was quite a, quite a scary 90 minutes. Jimmy Case was a real hard bugger. You know, I remember like trying to have it with him, giving it an all and wise. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm giving it to him, I'm going to have it. And he went, because he was blanking me, Jimmy Case. I thought, oh, bloody hell, what's going on? I'm going to have to... Mm. <laughs> he's deaf, he had the ear in there. Jimmy yeah, Case was deaf and I was giving him all that. Over 30 years have passed since that famous, iconic photo was taken. So how do Vinny and Gaza view it now, decades later? But did you not, Did you didn't like it? Because I, what I'd heard was that you didn't want to sign them. Because I'd, I'd, people would get them, and there was never your signature. I mean, we've mm. done a few now, but they'd say, oh, no, Gaza won't sign it. This was early, early days. That yeah, they, they... not really. I always said that, because I've always signed it, because I'm like quite proud of it. When I look at that now, and I, even though I'd heard now, I'm quite proud to see that, you know. And it's not that late, because if we were talking, say, if anyone come up to me and said, what about that, if you remember that photo, I could turn around easy and say, yeah, I hate the such and such. And it's not that, I think, the world of them. Well, they're on, yeah. a, I mean, they're on about, I think they've done a vote or something at Wimbledon for the new ground, whether it's Dave Besant with the FA Cup or me and Gaza. And mm. I think this is the more popular one, so that might be the statue outside the new... No, I think they're going for that one. Yeah, I I've think heard they they're are. going for that That's one. That's what yeah. I heard, yeah. The statue might have to wait, but for Vinnie Jones, the photo is still a huge part of his life. He now lives in the USA after forging a successful post-football career as an actor and producer. But that afternoon in 1988 is never far away. For something like that 30 years on, that's still of massive interest. There ain't there ain't many days, I'm not talking weeks or months or years, there's not many days where there's not like a reference or someone brings it up or, it, you know, it'll come up on Google where someone said it or the picture will come up. I've, I've signed that picture for Mel Gibson, for John Travolta, for uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, Ronnie Wood, Andrew Lloyd Webber, you know, Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols, Sting. The list is endless. There's not a poor man, rich man in the country that has not asked for that picture to be signed. The photo captured a moment in a football match, a fleeting few seconds of raw aggression, pain and shock, all played out on a cold February afternoon at a football ground that no longer exists. A photo that captured the dark underbelly of the beautiful game and has become iconic around the world. A photo that will always be a part of Paul Gascoigne and Vinnie Jones's lives. But it's also a photo that sparked a friendship that endures to this day. Although one that could have come to a premature end. Gaza takes up the story. So you said you like shooting? I went, oh yeah, I like a bit of shooting and that. She said, oh, we do some clears and that. So I didn't clear, clear, shot a few clears, and um, it was showing us how to use the gun and that, the shotgun. And I'm like, actually, put, I put in a cartridge, and he went, you haven't got, you haven't got uh, any cartridges in there? I said, no, I don't see. I think it was about a yard away from him, and the gun was just pointing to me at his side. No, yeah, and went off. Whew. 
So, uh, I mean, I froze. I dropped his gun and he just stood there looking at us and he, he took the gun off us. That was it. He says, I'll keep all the guns from now on. He nearly got his own back on me. We went shooting <laughs> it um, around with a gun. Everybody just hit the floor. He had the loaded gun, was close shooting. Yeah. yeah I could have yeah. got my own back there. God, imagine that. Tell his own back. Man, if I went and shot for I would have went for his nuts. <laughs> This has been a tongue-tied media production for TalkSport. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.